BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Willen Engineering and presented by Hercules Tire. I'm Hannah Newhouse, joined each and every week by my co-host of Kyle Ricky, where we cover NASCAR's regional, international, and local touring divisions. Kyle, over the weekend, you know, we've had some, some weekends over the summer where we've really strained for some racing action. I uh, had rain out. This past weekend was not one of them. It seemed like everyone was racing literally from coast to coast, including the uh, Arca West Series at the Bull Ring. You had action in your backyard at Stafford, crowning a modified champion. I was in Martinsville. Pinties. I mean, we had it all this weekend on tap. Yeah, uh, it was a great weekend. I uh, like to mention coast to coast and even north of the border, uh, wrapping up the championship up there. Uh, the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, like you mentioned, just up the road from uh, my place here in Connecticut, the Stafford Motor Speedway. And for the first time in uh, forever, Justin Bonsignor picked up the checkered flag, uh, ending his winless streak at Stafford, uh, now one for 41. What was a, a really cool race, I thought. Um, it went caution-free for the first 130 laps. And, and we had some pretty cool pit reporters down in the infield that got the stories and Justin Bonsignor's crew chief, Ryan Stone, pretty much said, we can't make it the distance. No one was planning for this race to go 150 laps. So if this stays green, we might have a problem here in our bid for not only the Stafford win, but also this year's championship, because Patrick Emmerling was running fairly decent as well. Um, so, but then the caution came out. Bobby Santos had some issues on the backstretch, and, and you know that storyline was, was lost. But uh, really good race, and uh, happy for Justin to pick up not only the Stafford win, but also his, his third title in the, on the tour. Man, to be a crew chief and watch those laps be ticking off and knowing a championship's on the line, you're not going to make it on fuel. I mean, there's a reason that Ryan Stone is a three-time championship crew chief. But to watch that possibility, you know, go out the window had to have been a little gut-wrenching at the time. But like you said, Emerling went into it with a chance at the championship, came home on the podium, not enough to get it done. Uh, and I will talk to Justin here shortly about this championship. But I think the storyline, while yes, is the championship, uh, he even said it himself in a post-race interview. He was more excited about finally getting a win at Stafford and beating Doug Kobe in the process. Uh, than the championship itself. <laughs> I think the only thing that would have made it sweeter is if Ryan Priest could have been there. But unfortunately, <laughs> Ryan was was at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway prepping for the cup race. But uh, Doug, first want to congratulate Justin uh, in victory lane. In fact, gave him a little tap on the racetrack on the backstretch on the cool down lap. I loved, I think it was Ryan Priest that tweeted post-race. Uh, you know, he, it was a gif with a gar- you know, somebody taking the garbage out. And in that garbage bag was all the things that he was going to say if the winless streak continued. Um, Do you call it a gif, like peanut butter? Or a gif, gif, whatever, I'm old. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Doug okay, Kobe made fun, of, made fun of me as well for saying the wrong one. You're learning, slowly but surely. I am. Anyways, Doug Kobe again did come home second after that late race restart. Uh, fortunately, Bonds, you were able to obviously get past him. Emerling came home on the podium. 
When the points finally shook out at the end of the night, Emerling 22 behind Bonsignor. So obviously pretty a gap when it was all said and done. Ron Silk third. Kyle Bonsignor, 81 points behind. And of course, Doug Kobe missed that race earlier in the year for the SRX race and still managed a top five in the points. So uh, we'll talk to Justin here in just a little bit about that win as well as his third championship. But first, we have your iRacing update presented by Logitech G. It all comes down to the 2021 eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Championship. It's almost here. The final race of the playoffs will be on Tuesday, October 12th at the virtual Texas Motor Speedway. You can catch all the action and the iRacing countdown to green at enascar.com backslash live at 8.30 p.m. And the race will start at 9 p.m. on Tuesday, October 12th. Go to iRacing.com for all the latest news, the featured videos, and more information on the world of iRacing. This iRacing update is brought to you by Logitech G. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk to Justin Bonsignor about his third modified championship. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 52. Gamers, start your engines. Meet the next generation of racing wheels. The award-winning Logitech G design is re-engineered to dial into your game physics, delivering unprecedented realism. Feel every shift, drift, and hairpin turn like never before. Our latest innovation in force feedback technology connects directly to end-game simulation engines and physics to produce higher fidelity, real-time responses. Through design, engineering, and the love of driving games, Logitech G takes racing simulation to another level. Go to LogitechG.com. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. We talked about it. The NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour crowned their champion this past weekend. That driver for his second consecutive and third overall championship. That is Justin Bonsignor. He joins us now on the guest line. First off, Justin, thanks for taking some time to join us here on Coast to Coast. Uh, Thanks for having me on, guys. It's uh, always mean and we're doing something good. So I, I like coming on. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit before you joined us. Of course, that championship. We'll get into the whole works of that a little bit later. But I heard it in a post-race interview. I know it was on your mind going into the race. One for 41 now is now the record at Stafford Motor Speedway to end the year and the championship finally breaking through on Stafford. Uh, did that make it all the much sweeter? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's still surreal that we finally were able to get the win at Stafford, and we had such a, a really good car and kind of dominated the second half of that race. So it's not like we lucked into it or or something crazy happened where we where we snuck one away, and, and I would have been picked on in that front. So um, yeah, it's nice to get that uh, that off our back and to do it on championship night. It's it's a little weird. It's it, it feels really cool. But at the same time, I've been saying it's almost like when your birthday and Christmas are on the same day and you get like two, you know, you only get one gift, you know, so only one night to enjoy it. But um, from what I remember of the night, I had a really good time. Um, it was uh, a lot of fun in the in the parking lot at the, at the campers camper lot at Stafford. And um, yeah, I'm just glad it's it's behind us now and and we can just focus on getting the next one the next time we go to Stafford. Let's talk about the race uh, for a bit. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good race. Um, Anthony Nocello led early. The race went green forever until about 20 laps to go. But I felt like that lead group was was fairly tight, especially in the, in the second half of that 130-lap green flag run. 
there were issues, apparently with your pit, uh, as we heard from our pit reporter about maybe a fuel issue. I know Ryan was nervous. If, if this race goes caution-free, we might be in trouble. I mean, how close was it or could it have been if there was not a caution with 20 to go? Yeah, I mean, we're always really nervous when we go to Thompson and Stafford and all these half-mile, five-eighths-mile tracks. Uh, we, we are cutting it close. Um, we Since we went to the spec engine years ago, that's when it really started to become an issue. Um, there has been a few guys that ran out years ago, but more and more – the more years we go past that, it seems like maybe there was another issue that night. Um, we were really conscious about saving fuel. We packed the cell. It takes us five to ten minutes to pack the fuel cell uh, before the races just to get every drop we can in there. And um, Ryan was concerned. I did kind of slow my pace down right on a lap 100 or so. I was kind of running, you know, maybe not as deep into the corner, trying not to use as much brake, just let the car roll and roll back to the throttle. Um, once I had a fairly pretty good lead, I, I was able to do that. Um, and then, you know, I asked, I think what, just before that caution had come out, I did come over the radio and I asked, I said, do we, if they catch me, do we go into save mode for championship or do we race? And Ryan at that point was like, just, just go out and try and win the race. So, um, you know, then from there, all the cautions come out and, and you're not going to be saving at that point late in the race. So, um, it, it wasn't as close, I guess, uh, after we checked it as we thought. So that's good for the notebook for the next time we go back. Um, maybe we don't have to be as concerned, but, um, you know, I guess once the pace slows down so much on old tires, hundred plus laps into a run, you're not using as much fuel anyways. So, um, that's probably why we had more than we expected. You mentioned those cautions that came out a late race one where, uh, the man in the rearview mirror, that was Doug Kobe, of course, who the rivalry and the friendship, uh, walk hand in hand to when that final caution came out and you're on the cusp of finally breaking through at Stafford and Doug Kobe's the guy that lines up next to you. I mean, what's going through your mind? Yeah. So I knew he had a good car and he was kind of stuck there in third. And then we had, you know, the caution, the first caution comes out, we had a killer pit stop, get out, get out front, look in the mirror when we double up and, and he's sec, uh, third behind us. I'm like, ah, like, you don't know how good your car is going to fire off. It's a short run. Obviously we threw a ton of stagger at it, tried freeing the car up and just you're in qualifying mode for 20 laps. And um, we were able to drive away from him by a handful of car lengths. And I felt pretty comfortable. Then of course the green white checkered and he's next to me. And then I look in the mirror and Patrick who were battling for the championship is right behind me. And I 10 laps earlier was almost lapping him. It's like, man, these are not the two guys you want on your bumper. But um, Doug tried jumping that start pretty good. Uh, I don't know if he tried giving it back or what, or if my car just got really good drive off of two and got into three and was able to just get by him and clear him and, and kind of had a good car that last lap to put enough distance on myself, on him to where he couldn't drive into the back of me. Cause all week long, he was telling me, you know, you're going for points. I'm going to just drive through the back of you. If, uh, if you're, if you're leading and I'm second coming to the checker, cause he, he did not want me to beat him at Stafford similar to, uh, how I did not want him to get his first by being me at Riverhead. So um, big enough gap in the three where he couldn't do nothing. And, uh, you know, it was cool to celebrate. He was the first guy over to congratulate us. So as much as he talks crap, it's um, it's all in good fun. You got your first win at Stafford. He got his first win this year at Riverhead. So uh, it's kind of like it was almost uh, meant to be. Outside of a 24th place finish for you at Richmond, not a bad year. I think you averaged just a, about a 5.1. How would you kind of characterize this season and this third championship for you and your 51 team? Yeah, it was totally different than the years past. Um, you know, the first year, uh, we didn't really know what to expect when Ryan came on board. Then we go out and win eight, eight out of the 16 and, and just had an unbelievable season. When we didn't win, we finished top three or top four, um, led a ton of laps. Um, 2020 was um, 
was different in itself just because of the pandemic. And we go out and have like a three point something average finish and run in the top five for the nine races we had. Um, this year we come out just as confident um, that we could do it again. Um, but just, we had the raw speed every week and we got a lot of polls, but we just weren't putting the whole races together, um, to be in position to win the race. We were second, third, uh, I think half the races were first, second or third. Um, but we just, for whatever circumstances, didn't get out of the pits first, had a little slow pit stop, uh, got a bad lane on a restart. You just, we didn't always have the racing luck that you need that in 2018, just basically was handed to us. Um, and it, it makes it a little frustrating. You're like, wow, we only have one win until this point and our cars are that good, but you just have to remain focused and stay, stay confident that, you know, when you're running top three each and every week, you're going to at some point knock the door down and, and win another race. So, um, you know, considering uh, how the year went and only having a one win, I'll take the Stafford win as it kind of counts as maybe a few extra in my eyes. So um, I, I'll count it as five wins as, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Taking a look at the whole modified field when it came down to the championship, Kyle and I talked about it throughout the year. Uh, you know, this was probably one of the first times in the last couple of years that we've seen a championship potentially go down to the last weekend. You know, you clinched pretty early on in one of your championships, uh, or it looked like usually someone was starting to walk away with with a few races to go. What kind of set this year apart in comparison to previous years? with uh, allowing different winners, seeing that we saw, you know, Emerling get win. We saw uh, Eric Goodale get wins that we usually maybe don't see. What set this season apart? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I just think, honestly, the competition is so close. It might not always show that because it does seem like the same guys are repetitive winners. But, um, you know, we're within a couple tenths, so two to three tenths, this whole field is. Um, and, you know, like at Martinsville, uh, Eric just made the right adjustments at the last pit stop and had a really good car and made it, you know, the best car. And we went maybe a little bit the other way. And same thing happened at a lot of races. Um, you know, Ryan came in, Priest won a handful of races. He was probably the best car, I think, on a on a on the races that he was there. So um, Patrick was, you know, made a huge leap in their program this year and was competitive and ran top three every week. Uh, Hirschman, when he shows up, there's just so many guys when they show up if they don't run the whole schedule can always win. Um, but it just you know, it's, it's deceiving. Cause like you said, uh, you know, the same four or five guys seem to always win the races, but there's 10 or 12 that if circumstances play out in the right way, they can win races. So, um, that's what makes the tour fun and makes it so competitive. I mean, everybody has the same basic race cars nowadays. We all run spec engines. We run the same tire, same fuel. Uh, the box that we race in is really small and really tight. And that's what makes, um, for the hard nose and close racing that you see. Did it feel different that Doug wasn't one of the drivers that you were running for the the championship going into the final race. I think he said in post-race, it was the first time in, and I think 10 years that he didn't go into the last race uh, as a title contender only because he, you know, he missed that race earlier this year due to SRX. Yeah. But I quickly reminded him that in 2018, he was like a hundred points behind. So, (laughs) Um, but yeah, he, you know, for the last 10 plus years, he has been uh, in contention uh, whether he won or lost just by a little bit, um, it, it is probably different. Um, but at the same time, up until he got crashed at Riverhead last week, he was in the owner's points in contention. And we were genuinely concerned, like, you know, we don't want him to sneak in here and, and pull this off and have to share the share the spotlight with him. So, um, yeah, it was it was definitely different. But, um, you know, it's still still the same old deal. You know, we've, we've done this, uh, from both sides. We've, we've lost a handful before we ever won our first and close battles. And then we we learned how to win one. And then that one was, you know, pretty, 
not to be cocky, but that one was pretty easy points racing wise that year. We had a fairly good gap and 2020 was, um, we had a decent gap. And then this year we, we were close all year long. Patrick had one hiccup and that kind of, you know, gave us that big buffer. And then we both had hiccups at, at Richmond and, uh, we were just kind of at a point where we had enough to breathe, but still was a little nervous if we had another mechanical failure or get caught up in a crash that could all be wiped away quickly. So, um, I appreciate each different way that you can compete and contend for these championships. Cause now next year, if it's 10, 12 points, again, you're going to be confident in yourself knowing, Hey, we did this once, you know, don't stress on it all week. Don't, don't pull your hair off for no reason. You're going to just do what you can and, and see what happens. That being said, looking forward, uh, what's next on your goal of things? You've got three championships. You finally checked old Stafford Motor Speedway off the list. Uh, what's next on your, you know, personal goals as a driver? Well, I mean, as much as we've accomplished and the success that we've had these last few years, um, you know, Doug is still has twice as many championships as us. So the <laughs> ultimate goal will be to each year go and try and, you know, our, our next goal is immediately to try and get the fourth. Um, and then keep going from there. But obviously it's not that simple. Um, all we can ask for each and every year is just a, a shot to contend for the championship. And if, when you get to the last race, you have it, you just, you know, make, try and make the most of it. So, um, I mean, I'm only 33. I, you know, it's old in some ways, but I feel like I still have a decent amount of years. I got a really good team behind me that, you know, every text message so far this week from them is they want to go out and do this again next year and the year after that. And, uh, if we could keep this group together for a while, I think the sky's the limit. So, um, you know, we have some guys, I think, within reach on the uh, win list. You know, if we could maybe get to second all time at some point um, before it's all said and done would be really cool. I, I'd like to think Mike's um, Mike's record is probably way out of reach. Um, you know, if you won eight every year, it'd be easy. But, uh, you know, this year you only get two. So um, the, the immediate goal will be to try and contend for the fourth and then we'll just take it year by year from there. If, if we're fortunate enough to ever get the fourth. Well, uh, while we got you, let's look ahead to 2022 and we anticipate uh, the season we well, it's been announced, but the next new track on the series is going to be new Smyrna speedway. Your thoughts about going down there and uh, what appears to be opening up the schedule down in Florida next, uh, next spring. Yeah, that's um, that was a huge announcement. We got that news. Um, while in Richmond that morning. And we were just uh, totally shocked by that. It's been rumors for years and we've always wanted it. I mean, I've, I've run Smyrna. I've done speed weeks a uh, handful of times. I haven't done it recently, but um, we're excited. Um, you know, the Daytona speed weeks leading up to the 500 is the pinnacle of, of racing. You know, everybody goes to Florida during that time, whether it's asphalt, dirt, the national series, like that is where you want to be. Um, and for us to kick our season off there should be, should be really good. Um, I'm hoping that we can pull in some of the guys that run the open weeks, uh, open events there for that week. I think it sounds like we're going to stay and use that week to do some testing because there's been some some rule changes in our series that we uh, kind of held back on trying new ideas this year because we were in the points. We didn't want to mess mess ourselves up. So I think we're going to spend that week trying some things. And, you know, if, if you go down there and the weather's 80 degrees each and every day and you're out of the snow, what else could you ask for? So um, you know, just hope for the best on all those fronts. And I think it should be a really good event. Um, not sure if ARCA is going to be there as well. So uh, it could be, you know, really good speed weeks. It should work out really well for New Smyrna in general. And, uh, you know, they've always been huge supporters of, of modified racing. And for them to finally take the leap to to have the tour come in and pay that the purse that they have to pay is, is really cool. And, um, you know, we're hoping to put on a good event for them and um, you know, it'll be here before you know it. We have some other racing to do still, but February uh, is going to come quick and it's a quick turnaround compared to 
you know, late March or early April for, for our normal uh, winters. I'll trade you. I'll take the snow and you can come have the North Carolina winters. <laughs> no, thanks. I'll, I'll trade you for sure. I hate it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Justin, of course, congratulations once again on the championship. We're looking forward to uh, watching you next year, try and chase uh, yet another championship. And of course, the racing that you have planned over the off season. No, I thank you guys for uh, having me on. I'll hopefully see you all soon and um, have a good uh, holiday season if I don't talk to you. Awesome, guys. Again, that is Justin Bonsignor, your 2021 NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour champion. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk to the winner of the Martinsville Valley Star Credit Union 300, Landon Pembleton, 16 years old, breaking the record book. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll join back on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 19- Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Get back to NASCAR roots by driving headfirst into the new home of grassroots racing. Flow Racing keeps the original NASCAR tradition of dirt track racing roaring with more than 1,300 live and on-demand oval events from across the U.S. Learn how the next generation of NASCAR drivers is prospected in sprint car racing. Subscribe today by going to flowracing.com slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. We just got done talking to your NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour champion, Justin Bonsignor, and we're now joined as one of these sponsored Wheel and Driver Spotlights. Landon Pimbleton collected the biggest late model stock win probably of his career. And of course, for any driver trying to compete, that was the one at Martinsville, the Valley Star Credit Union 300 or yeah, 300. First off, Landon, thanks for joining us and congratulations on your win this past weekend. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Um, it's it truly an honor to go out there and win the biggest late model stock car race of the year. 
And since COVID shut the other one down um, in 2020, um, it's a big deal having 82 or three cars there. And um, being the number one guy to come out on top was pretty cool. I got the opportunity to be there on pit road, of course, covering it for MRN and track pass uh, to see your team, your family hop the wall. I know your dad was a ball of emotions to say the least. Has it finally set in for you though? Because when we talked right after the race in victory lane, uh, you could almost tell it hadn't quite set in the caliber of what had just happened. Has it set in yet? It's starting to sink in a little bit. Um, I've still yet to understand what has truly happened. (laughs) Um, to know that I came home with a clock and $32,000 is unbelievable. Um, still in disbelief. I still don't believe it, but, um, I'm starting to believe it more and more every day. I come home to see the clocks in there in the living room. So it's, um, it's truly just unbelievable. A pretty cool trophy that obviously everyone at all levels of racing eventually sought after. Before we get into the end of the race, though, and of course this one as a whole, this is a tough race to get in. You'd mentioned it, 80 cars over 80 cars on the entry list, uh, no last chance qualifier this year, six tires only. So that became a whole strategy within itself. Um, obviously we're able to race in through the heat race. When you finally locked yourself into the feature event, was a win on your radar or what were your guys' goals going into the race? So our goals were to potentially qualify in the top 20, but if we didn't, that would have been perfectly fine. Um, to make the race was our main goal. Um, to go out there and be leading by lap 150 was awesome. I mean, just knowing that we had that good, I knew I had a really good car going into this week. My crew chief, Forrest Reynolds, he had me hooked up. Um, I just had to get some help getting around there, and Philip Morris was there to help me, and um, he just helped me out a ton. And Philip Morris, definitely a good guy to lean on, uh, somewhat known as the king of late model stock racing. Cool to have him as part of the field. You mentioned Forrest Reynolds, obviously your crew chief uh, with Reynolds Racing Chassis. He's seen success with a lot of drivers, including Ryan Rubco, Justin Carroll. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I watched your guys' strategy. So those that didn't actually watch the race, um, you guys were allotted a break at lap 75 and again, 150. You only had two tires, two right sides to take. 80% of the field, was going to hold those tires till the lap 150 break. Yourself, uh, Mike Looney, uh, Justin Borst, and I believe a couple others were really the only ones that came down and took those two right side tires. When I saw that, I was like, these guys are crazy. This is not going to work out for them. Clearly it did. Was that an audible call or was that something that Forrest kind of had up his sleeve and knew was going to work? Um, well, he kind of had it up his sleeve. He said at halfway, he said he would look at the tires. And if they were wore out, he would knew that he either made the wrong or right decision. And he said when he pulled tires off, they looked pretty much brand new. And so he said track positions are going to help us out a lot. And we were able to get out to about a two and a half second lead, which is pretty impressive, especially with all those drivers there, cars tour drivers, um, national champion, pain sellers. Um, just knowing that we could get to that big of a lead against those guys is very impressive. Yeah, it definitely was fun to watch. Uh, we're going to go to those last couple of cautions, of course, in the lead. And you had to work for it at the tail end of there. Caution came out with about 30 laps to go. And then it came out again. What was going through your mind when it looked like you were going to be clean and green to the finish to see those two cautions come out? So I was just hoping for one, maybe one caution. I was, we, we were a little scared on the fuel mileage there. Um, the cautions really did help us because they started calling, counting caution laps. And um, just to be able to save fuel 
was a big help. But the last restart, I was a little nervous. He got on out there about a half a car length in front of me, and I was just able to stay to his inside. And I got a little loose getting into one and had to lean on him a little bit. But um, And we ended up coming out with the lead and just running away with it. So um, it was just we just had to get out front. And you guys really the last couple of weeks kind of went from uh, the bottom of the barrel to the top of it all, of course, having a very wrecked race car after Dominion to uh, winning the biggest race. What does this kind of do after Dominion? What does this win do for your team, for yourself as a driver and boosting your confidence in your team's morale? Uh, this is a major confidence booster for my team specifically and Sellers Racing as a whole. Uh, we pretty Sellers Racing pretty much swept the whole weekend. We won a heat race. We won the pole fastest in practice and we won the main event um it's honestly very very impressive on sellers racing's part to be able to pretty much say that we did everything at martinsville this year pretty impressive to say the least uh you know most most young drivers yourself only being 16 you know you kind of started with this with this checklist it's get a win on a local division okay go for a track championship maybe get a touring win and then you start doing these big circle wins like your martinsvilles and stuff like that uh you got your first late model stock whenever earlier this year and then jumped in one of the biggest uh, late model race, obviously 10th in national points, the highest scoring rookie. Uh, what do you, what are your goals now going into next year? You know, are you going to try and chase something touring related or are you still just taking it kind of one race at a time? So we're going to just try and take it one race at a time. Um, if we can win a track championship next year, and if we, maybe have a shot at a national championship up in the points it would be in in the talks to try and go for it but um definitely just trying to win a track championship would be our main objective next year awesome well we're looking forward to it again congratulations Landon it was exciting to watch from pit road I know a lot of people uh a feel-good story that we all like to watch and you've got a lot of eyes watching you moving forward so I've got a couple people I've got to thank I got to thank my mom dad and sister they support me week in, week out. They're always at my races. Um, Pimbleton Force Products, He's um, that's my whole family, of course. GXS Wraps and RPM Group, Stephen Dunn, they do a lot for me. Stephen's he's supported me from day one. Um, he's been wrapping my cars ever since I first started. Um, Brian Tanner, he's helped me a lot. He's I've ran all of his motors since I first started. Um Solid Rock Harris, Kirk Ipok, he came on for the July 4th race and the Martinsville race. And we uh, we had a lot of great showings with him this year. And um, I can't thank him enough. Um, um, there's a couple more. Reem, I've got to thank him too. Um, um, Anderson Turf Management, Williams Logging. Um, there's a couple more. I, I just can't name them off the top of my head. There, I've I'm just so overwhelmed with all the people supporting me and helping me out it's it's truly amazing well that's definitely one way to burst onto the scene in late model stock racing of course everyone can follow you i know you guys are active on social media as far as your facebook page so i know they can follow you there uh lots going on again landing congratulations i'm looking forward to uh watching your career as it continues thank you i, I appreciate you having me again guys that is your wheel in Driver Spotlight of the Week this past weekend's Valley Star Credit Union 300 winner at Martinsville, Landon Pendleton. We're going to take a quick break. Then we'll recap the past weekend and tell you what to look forward to this up and coming weekend. 
Gamers, start your engines. Meet the next generation of racing wheels. The award-winning Logitech G design is re-engineered to dial into your game physics, delivering unprecedented realism. Feel every shift, drift, and hairpin turn like never before. Our latest innovation in force feedback technology connects directly to end-game simulation engines and physics to produce higher fidelity, real-time responses. Through design, engineering, and the love of driving games, Logitech G takes racing simulation to another level. Go to LogitechG.com. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 19- Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. We talked about at the beginning of the show a lot of racing action all across the country, including the ARCA West, which kicked off a weekend of racing out in Las Vegas. They started things off at the Bull Rings with the Star Nursery 150. Taylor Gray, we talked to him a couple weeks ago, went back to back in the West Series, collecting the win over Jake Drew, Trevor Huddleston, Joey East, and Kyle Keller. Your top five, uh, shout out to Christian Rose, top 10 in his Arca West debut as well. I know he's trying to put together some more races there with the points. So Jesse Love still leads over Jake Drew, only seven points back. Cole Moore, 14 back and Joey East and Paul Petrincelli, 15 points back. Kyle, their season's quickly winding down two races left and anyone in the top to five realistically can win the championship, you know, if car counts align. And they have been. There were, what, 23 cars that started uh, the last race at the Las Vegas Bull Ring on Thursday night. So they're getting the car count, 20-plus cars every week. I talked to, to Chris Wright, the series director, and he's very excited about the direction that the West is heading in, uh, not only for the last two races of this season, uh, but also looking ahead to 2022. They next race at the All-American Speedway on October 9th. And then in about a month later, they wrap it up November 6th, Phoenix Raceway. And uh, MRN will have live coverage of that as they'll uh, be a part of the championship weekend out there in the Phoenix desert. 
Yeah, crazy to think the season's, of course, wrapping up. We just talked to Justin Bonds, and you're the modified champion, but another champion that was crowned over the weekend was the Pinty Series champion. And if you did not follow those races, whether it was on Track Pass, whether you were there to watch them, or on social media, oh my goodness. You want to talk about a drama-filled weekend. Every single time those guys hit the racetrack, it was intense. Triple header at Delaware Speedway started on Friday. They had the Canadian Tire 125 on Friday and then a double header on Sunday. Um, 125 laps for all three of those. On now, mind you, going into the weekend, Alex Tagliani was your points leader. LP Dumoulin was in second. Yep. And what a weekend Tagliani had. I don't think he finished inside the top 10 once. His yeah, 14th, 18th, and 17th were his consecutive finishes throughout the weekend. DJ Kennington won the race on Friday over Trayton Lapsovich, Andrew Ranger. Drama came from that race, uh, Kyle. And then we let him cool down on Saturday and let him at it again for a doubleheader to crown a champion on Sunday. And keep in mind, Delaware Speedway, very tight, short track, oval, one of the tightest that the series runs on. So uh, there was a lot of contact and, again, a decent field of cars for having not one, not two, but three races to end their season. DJ Kennington won race number two, the Quick Wick 125 over Brandon Watson and Andrew Ranger, the top three. And in race number three, the Pinty's Fall Brawl, Andrew Ranger picked up the race win over Kevin Lacroix, Pete Shepard, Brandon Watson, and DJ Kennington. Uh, a fairly consistent weekend. We didn't mention LP Dumoulin's name in the, uh, the top five in the final race, but... Uh, the first two races, he gained en enough ground on tags uh, to win the championship by a whopping eight points over Andrew Ranger. So a, a very tight championship battle, a, a an eventful weekend uh, to end the season for the NASCAR Pinty Series at the Delaware Speedway. Yeah, your top five ended up being, like you said, LP Dumoulin, Andrew Ranger only eight back. DJ Kennington with those double wins made some moves in the points as well. He came home 11 points back in the third. Tagliani, man. Not the weekend he wanted, of course, went into it with the points lead, came home fourth in the point standing, 18th point out, and Trayton Lapsovich, the rookie, um, 23 out. He'll be definitely a contender next year, obviously. Uh, the younger brother of Caden Lapsovich, right? Yep, that's correct. Yep, who is a past champion as well in the mm -hmm. Pinty series. So uh, the Lapsovich family, obviously, uh, hoping to bring home a title next year. Martinsville, we talked about it and just talked to Landon Pimbleton. A great race that it was. You know, we talked about it last week. Josh Berry was in Las Vegas covering for Michael Annette, captured that win in the Xfinity series. Everyone took a sigh of relief when they heard that he was not going to be going to Martinsville. And uh, it, was an, it was a weekend of the, the, the underdogs, I want to say, at Martinsville Speedway because, you know, you had Philip Morris who returned after a two-year hiatus. It was good to see him at the racetrack. But your top five ended up being Pemilton, Mike Looney, Lane Riggs, Sammy Smith and Jared Fryer, uh, Daniel Silvestri qualified on the pole, had never been at Martinsville Speedway prior to hitting the racetrack on Friday. Uh, the teams were told that they only got six tires for the weekend. Usually this is a 16-tire race or yep. event. They got six tires when they found out on Friday when they showed up at the property. Um, awesome for that small team, you know, 16 years old in his second win, Kyle. Second and win of his career comes at Martinsville. And very well-spoken in Victory Lane. I was able to watch uh, your interview with him on, on NBC's Track Pass and on the Motor Racing Network. Our audio was tied in. So uh, great coverage there. Uh, and, and it seems like a really uh, talented young driver that we're going to be talking about for years to come. Also a quick shout-out to Bobby McCarty, who finished sixth in the race, 
and was also crowned the Virginia Triple Crown champion. I know there was a lot of math going on post-race to, to figure out who had the best average finish, and it was Bobby picking up the, the, the Virginia triple, triple Crown championship there at the end of the race at Martinsville on yep. Saturday night. Of course, picking up that championship over your 2021 yep. uh, Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series. I got it now. See, it only took me the yeah, whole year. A whole year. Uh, champion Peyton Sellers, who was part of that race as well. So a lot of races within races, a talented field. Of course, I'm glad to have that event back on the schedule after missing it last year. This upcoming weekend, though, a little bit more lax. Kyle, you and I are going to be headed to Talladega to do some more NASCAR playoff racing. But the Arca Menard Series, they're headed to Salem for the Sioux Chief Power Pex 200. Yeah, on uh, 26 points between uh, Ty Gibbs and Corey Heim. It's been pretty much those two drivers since the drop of the green flag at Daytona in February, running for the championship. And they have two races left to settle it, Salem this weekend, and then October 23rd at the Kansas Speedway. So uh, things are winding down. Um, we just crowned a few more champions this past weekend and just uh, less than a handful to go now. And and we'll be done for the 2021 short track season here uh, on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Yeah, wild to think about that. We'll have all of the coverage from the Arca Menard Series race. We'll cover it next week here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. I'm Hannah Newhouse for Kyle Ricky. Want to send a big thank you and congratulations to both Landon Hamilton and Justin Bonsignor on their wins and championships over the past weekend. For producers Craig Moore, we'll see you next week here on NASCAR Coast to Coast on the Motor Racing Network.